The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Man, it's good to be back. Praise God. Amen. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that we start with that scripture in Romans chapter number 10, uh, verse 17, uh, that says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And so the reason why we teach an installment or in, in, in a series is so that having heard, you can hear it again. Amen. And uh, in fact, the apostle Peter in Second uh, Peter 2.12 uh, let's read it. Second Peter chapter number 2, uh, verse 12. This is what he had to say. Second uh, Peter chapter number 2, uh, verse 12. I think it's chapter number 1, verse 12. That's what I need. Second Peter chapter number 1, verse 12. If we don't get it in one, forget it. Listen to what he says. He says, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always. Someone say always. He says, for this reason, I will not be negligent. So, uh, not reminding you of some of the things uh, would be negligent on our part as ministers of the gospel. Amen. And so he says this, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. So this group of people he's writing to, they already knew these things and they were already established in them. I mean, they were seeing the fruit of what he was reminding them. But he still felt the need to continue to remind them so that they can even bear much, much fruit, amen, or more fruit. That's God's heart for us, the church. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to do well. And uh, we started this series uh, at the beginning of the month talking about how we can uh, grow in influence. And before we relook at that, I have a book here that I've been asked by the bookstore, I almost forgot, uh, to, to recommend. This is a book by Andrew Omar called More Grace, More favor and uh, if you are serious about your assignment and you want to see you know god uh, uh grow your influence i think this is a book to to read and uh today it's only a hundred rand i think amen and we only have four right so after service just run to the back and then grab your copy praise the lord we'll be sure to uh, order some more copies uh, but here's the deal is that what we've been learning is that God has a purpose for every single one of us. Amen? Uh, God has never created anything with, without a purpose. 
you know, uh, 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 trees have a purpose. Uh, they, you know, give shade. They give oxygen. They are part of the ecosystem. Uh, God has never created anything without a purpose. The light gives, uh, the sun gives the light, uh, which is used by the trees uh, to, uh, for photosynthesis. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's a deep word right there. Ooh, the pastor is preaching deep this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. For photosynthesis. Amen. And so everything God has created uh, uh, has a purpose. And uh, everyone God has created has a purpose. And so sometimes in life, we get on what I like to call the treadmill. And I'm wrong with the treadmill. And I'm wrong with, you know, uh, uh, doing something with your life. Uh, but don't forget that there is a greater purpose than the treadmill. What's the treadmill, you may ask? The treadmill, if you know, if you go to the gym, you hop on the treadmill and uh, you're running. You're running hard and you're running hard. And sometimes you can increase the speed on the treadmill. And that thing will tell you uh, you've run five kilometers. But if you were to uh, check your GPS location... It's still the same place. And so sometimes we get on the treadmill, you know, in the name of uh, this is my uh, a career and it's uh, well respected in the society. You know, I'm a, I have a PhD in this or so I'm a, uh, an erudite scholarly in this area. And so everyone respects you. And sometimes we get hooked onto that kind of stuff and forget the glorious ultimate purpose that God has created us for. Amen. There's nothing wrong with uh, pursuing a career, but I think we should pursue pursue our purpose even harder. You know, pursue your career, do all the things that you've got to do, uh, but pursue uh, your purpose. Find out what God created you for and pursue it with everything you have. Can I get an amen? amen. And so this purpose can look uh, 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 like, you know, uh, five different uh, things. We call them five different areas of influence or five spheres of influence that the kingdom uh, is present and we can get involved in those areas and uh, uh, preach the gospel and extend the kingdom, you know, uh, Bill Bright in 1975 called it the, the five uh, uh, mountains of influence. He called the church, the business world, uh, the government, uh, 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 the media. I think it's seven actually, seven mountains, right? The media, the arts and entertainment, family, and uh, education. So there are seven different you know, spheres of influence that we as God's children, uh, I believe there are more, but Bill Bright could only come up with seven. And I believe if you begin uh, to ask the Holy Spirit, he will show you the thing that he wants you to do that will make a mark on the earth that cannot be erased. Amen? And one of the things we learned was that once you discover your purpose, uh, there's something else that comes with it that's going to help you uh, live out your purpose and just uh, uh, do it exceptionally and also have, uh, 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 you know, less works, if you will, while you're doing it. There's going to be uh, 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 a need for you to bring some, some work, but not works as in the sense of, you know, just uh, slaving away to try and make things happen. Amen. And so we discovered Jesus himself in uh, Luke 2, uh, 52. Scripture tells us that uh, he grew, Jesus grew in stature. In other words, his body grew. Uh, he grew in wisdom, but he also grew in favor with God and with men. And so if Jesus needed this favor for him to accomplish his assignment on the earth, I'm sure I also need this favor. Amen. And I'm sure you also need this favor. Can I get an amen? amen? And so we've been talking about how you can grow in this favor. And this is uh, what we said. Uh, we said uh, the word grace. You know, the word grace, right? Grace uh, is defined as what? Unmerited. 
Unmerited what? Favor. And I said this, I said uh, it's sad because uh, for so many years, the church has measured on the unmeritedness of grace. You know, we measure on telling people that it's free without actually telling them what it is that's free. Amen? And so it's time we start measuring on what's free. What's free for you and I is God's favor. Amen? God's favor for you and I is free and it's already been paid for. Jesus paid for it at the cross and it's available for you and I to start taking advantage of it. If you read uh, in Psalm uh, 5 verse 2, Psalm 5 verse 12 actually, Psalm 5 uh, verse 12. This is what it says. Psalm 5 verse 12, if you will. It says, for you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. That's NLT. If you read in the New King James or the original King James, uh, he translates that word love, uh, favor. Let's go there. He says, uh, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. We, who are the righteous? We are the righteous. Amen. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. And he says, uh, uh, we qualify for what he's about to bless the righteous with. He says, with favor, you will surround him as with a shield. And so favor is our defense as we pursue our assignment. Amen. Amen. Not money, favor. Man, if you have favor with God, your assignment, you're going to grow in influence and you'll be able to touch uh, people on all four corners of the world. And so we talked about uh, if Jesus grew in this favor, it means you and I also need to learn how to grow in this favor. Amen? If, he, if this favor was multiplied uh, to him, uh, it means you and I also need to learn how to tap into this favor uh, growing uh, uh, on us. Now, as we talk about uh, this favor, I want to encourage you, I want to entreat you uh, to come with an open heart to receive. You see, when you start talking about things like favor, which is, you know, God's preferential treatment, God's supernatural increase and restoration, a favor that brings prominence uh, with petitions granted and laws and policies and rules changed in your favor, with battles won, which you do not have to fight, with divine connections and kairos moments coming your way, with open doors that men have said are impossible to open, with no obstacle that can stop you, when you start preaching this a lot of the church will go into a false state of humility and they say pastor t i'll tell you up front i don't need all of that all i need is just to make it to heaven one day but this is what god has for you and it's free of charge and i believe it's time for us to start taking full advantage of it amen you know, two weeks ago, I was saying, you know, we do it with everywhere else. You know, if you go to a company lunch and the company is paying, you, you're going to order something else a little more extravagant than you would have on your budget. Now, let me tell you, this favor is not on your budget. It's on God's budget. Amen? I said amen. And so you better go for it. And the way you go for it is, number one, uh, you have to know about it. And when you know about it, number two, you have to choose it. You know, you've got to choose this favor. Just because it's available doesn't mean it's going to automatically fall on you. Amen. I said amen. You have to choose it. God has made us uh, 
uh, is uh, uh, free will agents. That's who we are, human beings. We are free will, uh, moral agents, if you will. Uh, if you read in Deuteronomy chapter number 30, verse 19, and several other passages, it tells us that God has set before us life and death, blessing and cursing. And he says this. He says, therefore, choose life so that you and your seed may live. And so all these promises that God has given us, he will not force them on us. We have to choose it. After we've known about it, we have to choose it. In fact, it's one of the only uh, distinguishing things between human beings and the animal kingdom. Animals cannot choose, but human beings can choose. Amen? I said amen. Amen. And so, as we talk about this, man, you've got to be uh, determined that I'm going to choose this. And number two, renew your mind to it. Romans chapter number 12, verse 2, start thinking favor everywhere you go. And so for some of you, it's going to take breaking some walls and some limitations that life has created. And, and in fact, I've noticed this with Christians. When Christians experience favor, they get surprised. And some of them turn it down because their minds aren't renewed to operate at that level. You're standing in the queue and, uh, you know, uh, economy class and they come over to you and say, hey, listen, uh, uh, we just want to talk to you for a minute, such and such. Hey, we're thinking of uh, upgrading you into first class. Who, me? No, no, not me. I'm just just a nobody (laughs) trying to tell anybody. No, you need to renew your mind and start expecting this favor. You need to be surprised if favor doesn't happen to you. Can I get an amen? Amen. So we're going to talk a little bit about how you can grow in this unmerited favor. Last week we read from uh, James chapter number 4, verse 6. How many of you enjoyed that? James chapter number 4, verse 6. That's where we're going to start. Uh, James chapter number 4, verse 6. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We say there's a, a grace cloud that's always giving, right? You remember? We say there's a grace cloud that's always giving. It's, a, it's, it's the grace cloud. It's the cloud of favor, and it's always giving. It's a favor cloud. It's always giving. Amen? In fact, the real definition of heaven is orania, which means a pushing out. Uh, heaven is always giving always pushing out uh, towards us. Amen? But what tends to happen is sometimes our hearts are not positioned right. And so we need to learn how to position our hearts under the grace cloud, under the favor cloud, so that we can experience what God has been pushing out into the earth for the last 2,000 years. In fact, since time immemorial in the old covenant, God has been giving favor. But for you and I, since the last 2,000 years as Gentiles, we became a part of this covenant. And we can experience this favor. Amen? The only thing that's stopping you is your heart. When you open your heart to receive it, it's going to flow through your heart into your life. Proverbs 4.23, what does it say? Guard your heart with all diligence because out of it will flow the issues of life. In the NLT, it says, guard your heart with all diligence because it it determines the course of your life. So everything God is going to do in your life has to flow through the channel of your heart. And if you position your heart right, you will have favor flowing in your life. Amen? Amen? 
I said amen. And so in uh, James chapter number 4, uh, verse 6, he tells us how we can get this favor to even grow uh, in our lives. It says in uh, James 4, uh, verse 6 in the NKJV, he says, but he, capital letter H, so he's talking about God. He says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The understood uh, 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 meaning of this is God grieve, gives more grace to the humble. So I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that in the kingdom of God, the way up is down. <clears throat> Can I get an amen? And I'm telling you, today is not a shouting service. It's, it's a service where you learn something and you apply it and you start to see shouting results. Hallelujah. And so what is this humility that he's talking about? This humility he's talking about uh, is being God-dependent and not self-reliant. Did you hear what I said? If you want to start functioning in God's kind of favor, learn how to be God-dependent. Watch this now with everything and not self-reliant. And I must say here, sometimes I pity people who are, uh, you know, extremely gifted. Because when you are extremely gifted, you can be tempted to exclude God in certain areas that you are extremely gifted. And just do your thing in your own strength. Amen? But man, we need to train ourselves to be God-dependent in everything. In fact, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he said, I do nothing of my own. In fact, let's go there. Some of you think I'm just, you know, Pastor DJ, bringing up stuff. Let's go to John 5, 19. <clears throat> John chapter number 5, verse 19. And so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. Did you read that? This is the son of God. And he says he, would, he can do nothing by himself. I'm reading in the NLT. He says the son, I'll tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing and whatever the father does, the son also does. And so humility sticks with God ideas and not good ideas. Humility is always searching for what's God doing, and I'm going to join with that, rather than, Lord, I have this clever idea, why won't you bless it? Hallelujah. Amen. You know, uh, in 2013, uh, my wife and I were actually offered an opportunity to relocate and pastor a church in uh, San Diego, California. And when we went to, you know, spend some time with the people, check out the place and just kind of figure out things out, uh, we went over there. Man, we were picked up in a Porsche Panamera. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, back, home, back home, I drive a bucky. And, uh, you know, we, we, we held some meetings. We were preaching with the people. And, uh, I mean, they took us around. I mean, they were showering us with love. And, man, I was sold. I was ready to move. I was ready to pack my bags and go. I remember when we got back, I said to my wife, so what do you think? And she said, what do you think? I said, I'll tell you the truth. I, li I kind of like this. And she said, but what's the Lord saying? And it stopped me in my tracks. And when, you know, when I went to spend time with the Lord to find out what he was saying, he told me, you know, straight. He wasn't calling me to that place. And that if, if I went, I would miss, you know, his perfect will. I mean, he would still be with me. God doesn't, you know, punish you for missing his will. But I wouldn't experience the fullness of what he was calling me to do. 
And so I say this to say, sometimes good ideas are not God ideas, but sometimes good ideas are God ideas. And in fact, God ideas are always good ideas. But sometimes they don't look like good ideas as well. You know, Jonah didn't think it was a good idea to go preach to the people in Nineveh. And, uh, and, and you know, because he knew that God would be merciful to them. And so he, in his mind, he didn't think it was a good idea. But in God's uh, ultimate perfect will, that was the best thing that could ever happen to Nineveh. And so we always need to uh, submit ourselves uh, to God's plan for our lives, be God-dependent instead of uh, self reliant can i get an amen? amen and so that's what humility uh looks like number two uh, uh humility uh doesn't exalt self so if you're writing down notes you could write this one of the faces of humility is that humility uh is dependence humility uh is not being your own man humility is being god's man amen because you only go where the grace of God leads you. When you go there, man, his provision is there. His anointing is there. His grace is there. Can I get an amen? amen. And the second thing is this. Is that humility uh, doesn't exalt self, but it doesn't abase self either. You see, in the church, a lot of people uh, will agree with you if you say humility doesn't exalt self. They'll say, amen, brother, humility doesn't exalt self. But they think over here, humility uh, is abasing yourself. But that's not true either. Humility is sticking with God's accurate estimation of who you are in his word. So if God says you're righteous, guess what humility says? I'm righteous. If God says you are my son, guess what humility says? I'm his son. It doesn't say I'm a slave. Amen. In fact, when you say I'm a slave, it's actually pride in reverse. And so on both sides of the, of the ditch of this road, of this path uh, uh, on humility, on both sides, there is a ditch. The first one is you know, self-exaltation and the other one is abasing yourself. Because when Jesus died for you on the cross, he put a worth on you. Amen? And you, if you are a humble person, you submit yourself to that worth. Amen. A humble person walks around saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You see, it didn't go over so well. Because to most people, ooh, that's sacrilegious. How can you be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Humility submits to God's estimation of who you are. Can I get an amen? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4 from verse 1 to 5. I'm in the NLT. He says, so look at Apollos. This is the Apostle Paul uh, writing. He says, so look at Apollos and me as mere servants of Christ. We have been put in charge of explaining God's mysteries. So he says, look at uh, me and Apollos as just mere servants of Christ who have been put in charge uh, of explaining God's mysteries. Just in one line, in that, just that one line, you can see the Apostle Paul is number one, not self-reliant. He's God-dependent because he says, somebody else put me in charge. Did you see that? And the second thing we see is that uh, the Apostle Paul doesn't exalt himself. He sticks with the assignment that he was given. A mere servant, to explain God's mystery. 
Now, a person who's put in charge as a manager must be faithful. As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or by any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't prove I'm right. It is the Lord himself who will examine me and decide. So don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns, for he will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. And this is what humility looks like. Amen? I said amen. amen. And the second thing we learn is that uh, 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 humility it, it brings promotion. Let's go to First Peter chapter number five, from verse five to six. When you learn to be self, uh, uh, to not to be self-reliant, when you learn how to be God-dependent and heed the voice of the Holy Spirit, uh, when you learn how to, you know, ask Him uh, to show you uh, what He wants you to do, so that you can get on it. Uh, when you learn uh, how to not self-exalt and self-promote, uh, there's promotion that comes with it. Man, and I must say, uh, we live in a time where self-promotion is rife everywhere. I mean, we live in a time where uh, uh, people just love to talk about themselves. They just love to uh, self-promote. And that's the reason why we are stifling uh, this kind of grace, this kind of uh, favor that God has already released on the earth. Man, when you self-promote, you stop the flow of this favor. And what I mean by that is, you know, we read last week King Nebuchadnezzar. We read in another passage, uh, uh, the man uh, uh, the, the, in Isaiah chapter number 43, the reason why Lucifer got kicked out of heaven was because his uh, terminology was filled with way too many what? Eyes. And we saw King Nebuchadnezzar, way too many eyes. And my, my kingdom, I'm building my kingdom. It's, it's my honor. It's going to give me glory. And because of that, uh, 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 the flow of the favor stopped immediately. And so I'm not saying that God is going to, you know, fight you. God is not fighting you in the new covenant, but you just position yourself where the favor is not flowing. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we got to learn how to walk in this kind of uh, uh, humility. Where did I tell you to go? First Peter uh, chapter number five. Let's read from verse uh, five and we're going to read verse six as well. First Peter chapter number five, verse Five. If you have it, you can say, I have it. First Peter chapter number five, verse five. It says, in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. Mm. Now, something funny happened. I was sharing at, you know, CBC <laughs> yesterday. Uh, we've been traveling with uh, Isaac, Keith, Annaline, and Uncle Abe. And so we've been traveling. Uh, but on this particular uh, uh, leg, we were driving from Heidelberg to uh, Caris Bible College in Cape Town. And so, I mean, uh, uh, Keith was sitting in the, in the front of the seat, you know, in the front in the car. And uh, I was sitting at the back. And uh, we got to uh, Cape Town, and it was time to offload the bags. And as we were offloading the bags, we started talking about, you know, what Arthur was preaching. He said, man, he started preaching in uh, 19. 82 and then kid said to me he said uh you know Arthur started preaching before i was born and I, all the time i thought kid was older than me and i was busy carrying all the bags and you know trying to serve him and when he said that man i said what you say he said uh, you know yeah i'm carrying all these things i looked at him i said what did you say he said uh, uh, Arthur started preaching before i was born i said when were you born he said i was born in 1985 and i dropped all the bags 
I dropped all the bags. Because I know how this works. I dropped all the bags and I said, you know what? You from now on are going to be carrying these bags because I'm your elder. <laughs> so that's what he's talking about here. This is what he says. I have a Bible verse for it. He says, in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. He's talking about spiritual uh, age. Amen. Uh, uh, it says, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to another. The way you dress yourself in humility as you relate to another is to prefer another over yourself. You must always look to prefer another uh, over yourself. And it says, address yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And if you read in verse 6, it tells you what we should do then. Verse 6. So, in other words... Therefore, this is what you must then do. So, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, what will you do? He will lift you up in honor. Man, God doesn't mind you being promoted. He just doesn't want you to promote yourself. Amen? Amen. I said amen. And so the way we get promotion is to humble ourselves. You know, we had a conference uh, a few years ago and we had one big business uh, person come into uh, the country to lead this conference. And uh, it was just interesting to observe how uh, almost every conversation he had with someone, uh, the minute they find out that he's uh, this big business person, uh, they switch and they go to self-promotion. They just start, I mean, by the time he left, I think he had 20 business proposals. That's not the right way to do it. The right way to do it is to connect with the person and humble yourself under them, their authority, serve them, learn from them. And as a, as a relationship is developed, there's going to be trust. Things will begin to flow. I have this thing that I teach at Grace in the Marketplace. We say relationships is the currency of life. And the follow-through to that is honor is the bridge that allows for stuff to flow in between relationships. And so the way you connect with people is not to talk about yourself. Unless you're asked. Can I get an amen? amen. Let me help uh, those of you who are dating. This is going to help you. When you go on your first date, resist the urge to talk about yourself. Resist it. Just ask questions. Get to connect. Zane, are you listening? You listening? <laughs> Don't talk about how awesome you are. The reason they went with you on this date is because they probably think you're awesome. So that's already taken care of. If you talk about yourself, Zane, I'm telling you, brother, it's going to look like you're trying way too hard. So just go there, chill out. You're listening? Chill out. Just, just relax. And ask questions. And let them talk about themselves. Amen? They might promote you to husband. Praise the Lord. 
okay we're going to end with this humility always gives thanks and it always glorifies god remember the story of the lepers you know jesus healed uh, 10 lepers he told them to go show themselves to the priest you remember the story as they went they were healed and one turned back and with a loud voice glorified god that's uh chapter number 17 of luke uh, verse 15 and one of them when he saw that he was healed turned back and with a loud voice glorified god and fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks and he was a samaritan and jesus answering him said were there not ten cleansed but where are the nine they are not found that returned to give glory to god except this stranger and he said unto him arise go your way thy faith has made the whole so glorifying and giving god thanks in humility gave this one leper access to a lot more grace we're talking about he gives more grace to the humble right when he came back uh the leper that you know jesus said to the leper that came back to uh, say thank you and to glorify god he said not only are you healed which is great but he says you have now been made whole in other words this leper had access to more than what the other nine lepers had how did he access more it's, it was already available but how did he access the more he accessed the more by giving thanks he accessed the more by giving glory scripture says enter his gates with thanksgiving i believe those are the gates into more favor and into more grace amen, amen. Man, when you, when you come with a heart filled with gratitude, it's a sign of humility. Amen. Amen? Amen? Now let's close with this. Matthew chapter number 18. From verse 23 to uh, 35 in the Message Bible, if you will. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter number 18, 23 to 35 in the Message Bible. And I want to end with this. Humility is always merciful. Did you hear what I said? Amen. Humility is always merciful. And you've heard uh, me say this statement. Uh, you know, grace people ought to be uh, uh, gracious. You know, when I started to learn about the message of grace, uh, you know, I became a, a grace police. And, and I wasn't a nice person to be around. Because I would criticize. I mean, I'll be sitting there. If someone says the Lord gives and the Lord takes. Ah, you're lying. <laughs> I mean, I was a, a nice person to be around. But when you are humble, when you have uh, 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 received this, this grace of humility, man, you become gracious to others. You know why? Because you will remember when you were exactly right where they are. In fact, let's go and read Matthew 18, 23 to uh, 35 uh, in the Message Bible. He says, the kingdom of God is like a king who decided to square accounts with his servants. As he got underway, uh, one servant brought before him uh, who had run up a debt of 100,000 U.S. dollars. How much is that in rand? 1.5 million rand? 1.5 million rand. That was, that was the debt. Okay, And they couldn't pay up. So the king ordered the man along with his wife children and goods to be auctioned off at the slave market you are going down that's what he said now watch what happened the poor wretch threw himself at the king's feet in humility right at the king's feet that's what we all did when we got born again 
You know, we went and humbled ourselves before uh, God, threw himself at the feet, uh, the king's feet and begged, give me a chance, I'll pay it all back. Touched it, uh, by his plea, the king let him off, erasing the debt. I mean, this is awesome grace, right? The songs we sing about, this is amazing grace, this is what it looks like erased all the debt because of what jesus did for us amen now watch what happened this the sin the servant was no sooner out of the room he hadn't even left the room dude hasn't even left the room listen what happened when he had come upon one of his fellow servants who owed him ten dollars how much is ten dollars in rand 150 rand so he bumped into another guy he, i mean he was forgiven how much a hundred thousand and then 1.5 you know million rand and he bumped into another guy before he left the room who owed him how much 150 rand and uh uh, uh 150 rand he seized him by the he <laughs> grabbed him by the throat and demanded pay up now the poor the poor wretch threw himself down and back just like he did right give me a chance i'll pay it all back but he wouldn't do it he had him arrested put in jail until the debt was paid and sometimes that's what we grace people do we are the judge the jury and the executioner of who doesn't know our grace message hallelujah because we have become custodians we have a soul distributorship we are the franchisees of this grace message and so we walk around instead of being gracious we walk around and say oh they're not fully saved oh no they don't know what they're talking oh no they don't oh no that's not gonna get them saved you know i was playing golf and uh, they partnered me with this guy who, uh, you know, he wanted to smoke. And, and uh, you know, so they told him I'm a pastor. They shouldn't have done that. And so every now, every now and again, he wanted to smoke. He would go behind the bush. And <laughs> behind the bush. And <laughs> you remember? And then our cue was there. And then he came out. Yeah, let's play. Let's play. And every time I'm thinking, man, where are you going? Why do you have to hide? He says, because i got to smoke, man. I can't do it around you. You're the I said, man, don't worry about it. You smoke right here, feel, feel at home. Chill out, bro. I'm, with, I'm on your team. I'm trying to help you. I'm not your enemy, right? And so he stuck around. He started getting comfortable, real comfortable. When we got to the last wall, I mean, he started cussing. He said, this wall is a beep, 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 beep. This one is a beep. I said, yeah, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> you know why? Because what I'm looking for is not to judge him. Because I know I was exactly where he is. And so if you want to grow in influence with what God has put on the inside of you, as a grace person, you've got to learn how to be merciful and be gracious. Did that bless you? Why don't you stand on your feet? We're going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you this morning. Lord, we just bless you for who you are. We just thank you for your mercies, which are new every single morning. Lord, we thank you for your grace, our unmerited, unearned favor. Thank you, Father.
that you loved us while we were still sinners. Jesus died for us. And so, Lord, we just thank you for your humility. We just thank you, Father, for even becoming a man, humbled yourself to become a man so that you could set us free from the dominion of sin. And this morning, Father, we just pray the same humility in our lives, the same humility of our hearts, so that we may grow in this favor. We may grow in the influence in our purpose. Lord, we thank you for this favor. I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. I thank you that as they go into the marketplace, this favor will go before them. I thank you, Lord, that they will receive preferential treatment. I thank you, Lord, that doors will open supernaturally. I thank you, Lord, that there is supernatural increase and restoration waiting for them. I thank you, Father, that policies and rules will be changed in their favor. I thank you, Father, that they will enjoy the spoils of battles won that they did not have to fight. Thank you, Father, that open will doors will open before them. Crooked paths will be made straight. Low places will be elevated and high places will be made low. So that they can run this race and be effective. We thank you, Father, and we give you all of the praise. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.